Hi there, I'm Jake Humphrey and you're listening to High Performance. This is an exclusive episode with a man who wrote a book called Ikigai. His name is Hector Garcia and Ikigai is a game-changing mindset and approach to life that I've employed. Damien Hughes talks about it on stage regularly. Everyone that we speak to about Ikigai walks away educated, inspired and empowered. So what's it all about? How does it work? How can you incorporate Ikigai into your own life? I think this is going to be a really valuable, vital conversation for so many people that have got so many great things going on, but they're not really sure why they don't feel that sense of purpose, that sense of calm, that sense of doing something really worthwhile. Well, Ikigai may well just be the thing that gets you closer to this. And what I would say, please don't just listen to this episode and think that was interesting and then move on with your lives. Take on board the things that we talk about with Hector. Sit down after the episode draw four circles on a piece of paper and create your own ikigai. And that will all become clear when you listen. Right now, please allow myself and Professor Damien Hughes to speak to the ikigai expert, Hector Garcia, so that he can be your teacher. Enjoy this very special episode of High Performance. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, Hector, first of all, welcome to the High Performance Podcast. With the mindset that you've developed through your study of Ikigai, what do you consider to be a high-performance life? High-performance life. For me, let me give you my definition of performance. It's where you are living with purpose most of the time, as much as possible. That would be performance for me. And from there, all the other things, good things about life will spin out. Like you will have more energy, you will be more happy and everything. But the base, I believe the base is uh, having some sense of purpose. So what is your advice to people? And I'm sure they ask you this often. They say, look, Hector, I've got two kids. I've got a job I love. I've got a stable roof over my head. I've got family. I go on holiday a couple of times a year but I feel I don't have purpose in my life. How do we go about defining and finding and then living with purpose? That's very personal. And I think the case is different for everyone. So one case is the story that you just explained. Like I have all these things and everything you said are is like material things that kind of society tells us to do. And 
life happens for some reason, right? And when you enter the situation, you're saying it usually happens between your 30s and your 40s. And first thing is you don't have to blame yourself. And I would try to find the moment. Usually you've had some times in your life that you have felt more purpose. And I would tell you to try to remember how was your life in those times when you had you felt happy and you felt purpose and you felt like being like wow i'm having a high performance life and see what's different from now and also try to find like how it was the transition between when you felt really good and you are not feeling so good usually i think what happens is that you have to move on. Maybe you're in your 40s, but you're still trying to live like in your 20s, but the whole situation has changed. Many people ask, does your Ikigai change over life? Most For most of the people, the answer is yes. By the way, Ikigai, ikigai is the Japanese word that means your reason for being. And usually what happens with when you are like in a situation, like you said, is that you are still living an old ikigai and you have to connect with your current self and let go of old things. That's one way to see it. And then there is some lucky, lucky people, like I think it's like one, two percent of people that they kind of know their ikigai from when they are five years old. They play the piano and they play piano until they are 90 years old. They become like Olympic sports people. Uh, they become amazing doctors. We need those types of people. But 99% of us, we are not like that. Like we, we are transitioning over life. So Hector, I love the idea of going and constantly refreshing your ikigai and trying to make sure that it's adapted to the situation that your life is in at the moment. The million dollar question is, what are the kind of questions and reflections that our listeners could be engaged in to be able to achieve that? First, see if you really need it. Maybe you don't. But one test that is like, do you wake up in the morning looking forward to your day? Like you jump from bed and like, wow, today I'm going to be, this is an amazing day. I'm looking forward to it. And we all have bad days. It's okay if you have one, two of these days, bad days in a month that you wake up and say like, oh no, I don't want to do anything. But if that's happening every day to you, that's the wake up call. And one way is to look back and see what happened. Another way is to look at now. We have the tool that we call it the four circles of Ikigai. It's an exercise that if you do it, there's the one of the things every everyone says about the self-help books is that if you actually do something that is in the book it can slightly change your life for better if you actually do this exercise is like the four circles is what you love doing so you write in a paper what you love doing then you write in a paper what you're good at then you write in a paper what you can make money of that's very obvious. If you have a job, you can put your job. Yeah. But also, 
I want you to put things that you have a sense that you might be able to make money with, or you did in the past, or you want to, and you can make a, like a wish list. I can make money, I don't know, baking good bread, because I, I have... Don't put limits into what you write in these circles. And the last one is what the world needs. It sounds very like, wow, I have to help the world. But it means also like, you can start small. How can I help the people around me? How can I help my husband or my wife or my kids uh, or this person in my family who might need my kind words? How can I help them? You write down all this and you don't need to come up with a solution at the moment, but it will stay in your subconscious. And days later, I'm telling you, like everyone, your subconscious will, maybe you take a shower or you're walking and you will say, okay, I had this idea. Maybe I should start doing more of this and start eliminating this from my life because it's not really, I didn't even write it in my circles why I'm doing this. So this is a tool that will help you like a wake up call. So let me ask you then, if you could just articulate the benefits of doing this, because Jake and I have a saying that many self-help books are actually shelf-help books. Yes. They only ever stay on the bookshelf. Yes. So how do we translate this from a concept to uh, action? Will you explain some of the benefits? I like that a lot, shelf books. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's my main worry. <laughs> but at least my books are going to the shelf. As long as you get something that it becomes a tool for your whole life from from each book i think that's good enough and from from ikigai the, the lesson i want people to take it's even just, just to keep the word ikigai in your heart the japanese word to keep it with you and it will become like a tool and you can use it also not only for you if you have a friend who is going through a hard time or you have your kids and they are thinking, oh, what do I want to be in the future? Like thinking about your profession. Instead of asking, do you want to be a firefighter or do you want to be a soccer player? You can ask your kids, like, what's your ikigai? Then that, that changes the whole, what, what's the purpose of your whole life? And you can make the question very short. Just having the word ikigai as a tool for your life I think that that's good enough for me. Now, about the four circles, how do you actually implement them? If we write everything, something will come up. And if it doesn't, then go back to the what you wrote and try to find the common thing. It will give you insight also about who you are. Like maybe you like working with people or you dislike working with people. You are more like... It's not like you don't like people, but you are more like an artist. It's a self-discovery tool for yourself. And for that, I have another, it's not in the Ikigai book. We have another book called uh, The Ikigai Journey, which is more really a self-help book. So we give you the actionable items. Because our first book, I don't think it's a self-help book. It gives you inspiration from Japan about the purpose of life and the elders of Japan. Our second book, we give you tools. And one of the tools that I like a lot is like write down three things that you loved about your day and three things that you hated about your day. 
and also do this for 15 days. And it's amazing, like you will find a pattern, especially about the three things that you hate about your day. Probably you'll have a person that you hate that you are having meetings with or a company or a client. And then after 15 days, just go and find the three things that are repeating the most like, that you hate and eliminate them from your life. Just by eliminating what you dislike, you will start connecting and spending more time with what you like. That's one of the tools that I personally use when I feel overwhelmed or stressed in my life. I go back to that thing more than the circle. The, the circles, I usually do them like once every one to two years, and it changes slightly from the old circles. But I always end up with the same answer because uh, like my Ikigai is writing books. Hector, in a moment, I want to play you some clips from guests who've joined us on High Performance and see how their thinking fits into your, your Ikigai thinking of your reason for being. Before we go there, though, there's just a couple of things I want to pick up from what you've said. For people who'll be listening to this, I think they'll be thinking, hold on, what if I can only find three things that fit in the circle? What if I can find something that the world needs and I love it and I'm good at it, but I don't think I can make money from it? Or what if there's something I love, I know the world needs it, I know I can earn money from it, but unfortunately, <laughs> I'm not very good at it. Or even when we talk about look at your life, write down, you know, three things that you don't want in your life. You know, sometimes that is my partner or my family or <laughs> my or my job or my house. And these are really hard things yes. for people to correct. So for people that are listening to this and then maybe feeling a bit hopeless, thinking, well, the, you know, that all sounds amazing, but I can see the, the tripwires in front of me. What would you say to them? Start small. That's what I would say. If you're feeling overwhelmed... I would say always start small. Don't try to change everything in one magic. There is no magic button. There is no self-help book that will fix your life. And there is no person. There is also a tendency like there is a guru or someone that will come and will fix your life. Or there is no magic pill that you will drink and you will your life will be good. It's only in the movies. So, yes, yeah, so start small. This also it feels like cliche, but don't give up. Almost always you will find a way. And sometimes it doesn't come from the most obvious place. It usually takes many years to become a, an expert. I think you, you have experience with podcasts. It's also an art. It's very difficult to find a successful podcast that it has been only six months going on. Most of successful podcasts is like after many, many years and usually podcast, I'm not an expert, but usually you will not make money from the podcast itself. You will make money or things from whatever business you build around your podcast. But those ideas will not come to you until you do the first thing. That's how I would approach it. Start small, don't give up. And many ideas and things will start opening once you become an expert in your field. And Hector, can you tell us a little bit around the importance of Ikigai in relation to health and well-being? So, for example, we came across um, the Dan Butler work about the Blue Zones, where this sense of Ikigai 
was involved in areas where people's life expectancy was longer than the average. And I'm interested in you sharing some of that knowledge for our listeners. When I came to Japan, the first thing that, one of the things that surprised me is that there were many elder people they kept working. The concept of retiring and doing nothing, nothing is a little bit abstract. There is no word that is equivalent to our retirement. More the meaning is of transition from being a salary, like person who gets a salary to being a person that is a Japanese word that is like your next life. In Europe, we have the, you retire and then you do nothing. And what happens is that when you do nothing, you start your sense of purpose. If you've been working for 20, 30 years with the same people, it's like a part of you has been removed. And the research says that the probability of you dying between the next two, three years after you retire, if you don't have a hobby or a passion, or you are not very involved in your family, it, it skyrockets. Wow, that's powerful. Thank you. Right, Hector, let's share with you some of the guests who've joined us previously on the podcast and get your thoughts on what they had to say. Um, first of all, this is um, two guys who make up a, a music group called Chase and Status talking to us about money. Have a, have a listen to this. If you go into this game, into this world that you love so much, just desperate and grateful to be given the opportunity... Mm that like they're so high and mighty and your music is just thank you so much for having it it's the wrong attitude to have you need to know your worth mm. and like very difficult straight that. away just be like well this is maybe not maybe not the, the remuneration of it just like this is worth something more than that and you're not, not having that. it until we get what we want and if you want it you can have it if you don't it's all good and with that people will be like fair enough let's talk Rather than like, oh yeah, I gave so and so the song for free because I'm so pleased to be on X and Y. Yeah. I'm like, great, you'll never get paid ever. Yeah. You know, you got to start where you mean to go on, basically. And that was important for us. It's an interesting one, isn't it, Hector? Knowing your own worth. Because I think sometimes you can find things through the process of Ikigai that you love so much that sometimes you don't do yourself justice because you're just so happy to be doing it. Yes, that's that's the best way to to find to find your Ikigai or to create i like the word more like to create your ikigai when you do it with so much passion and energy that you don't realize that is happening i feel hector that i've found my own ikigai in the last three years hosting this podcast wow. i think sometimes we feel we have to join all the dots in advance so you have to know it's your ikigai you have to fill in all four circles you ha you have to totally see the path to enlightenment and joy and happiness and I actually think that when I started this podcast, A, I didn't know about the concept of Ikigai, mm. but also the only thought process I had was I really want to have these conversations. So I didn't actually know if I'd be very good at it. Some people might still say that I'm, I'm not very good at it. I didn't know whether it would pay any money. I didn't know whether the world would need it, but I did know that it made me happy. And so I, I, do, I do think that I want people to hear that sometimes... It's all about taking the action without having to have all the answers in front of us at that time. That's the ultimate advice I tell my, my friends when they start asking, should I do this? Should I do that? Just do it. Here's the Nike. <laughs> yeah. Just do it. Just, just do it. Try Sadly, it. someone's already taken that strap line, no, <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, there are, there are many, many books. So it's like, but it's the one I use, like, with, just do it and 
nothing bad i don't know nothing bad happened to you doing a podcast you had this sense inside you that you wanted to do like okay i'm going to do a podcast and then that that, that 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 that's a feeling and and that maybe the listeners are telling us like how do i know if that sense is the right one or not so yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. asking you now how did you know that sense it was powerful enough because it didn't go away so okay. i i i was born in a small village in the rural east anglian countryside here in the uk and always thought that there was high achieving successful people then there's normal people like me and then i ended up hector as a tv presenter i worked in formula mm -hmm. one i now work in football and from spending time with all of these high achieving people i realized that there is no difference between them and everybody else and you know, we've all done the same thing which is deal with setbacks work hard be committed um accept failure find the thing that makes you happy um chase it down you know, all in unconditionally. So I, I wanted to then have these conversations, but it always felt like the wrong time. So for 20 years, I wanted people to hear this, but also the medium of podcasts wasn't around 20 years ago. So yes, it, was it was kind of podcasts appeared. I finally had the opportunity to do it. And I thought if something's been in your head for 20 years, eventually you need to listen to it. It's also powerful. If something is staying in your head for many, many years, just, just do it. There is a saying in Japan that is like, if you fall seven times, you have to stand up eight times. That you just like said about setbacks and everything. Don't give up. And if you fall down, just stand up again. And if you fall down, stand up again until you make it. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So Hector, can I introduce you to one of our other guests um, and an author called Roxy Nafusi. Now, Roxy is an expert on the concept of manifestation, the idea of uh, being able to visualise your future that you want. So there's some parallels here with some of the Ikigai concepts. Can we play you this clip here where she's talking around the role of money? I'll be interested in your reaction to this. Let's say that um, you want to earn, let's say, a certain amount of money next year, okay? And you really need to then ask yourself, if you've got this figure in your mind and you're like, I want to earn this job which gives me X amount of money, why? Like, what is the reason for the, for the money? And, and, and be clear on that, the emotional pull on that. Is it because you want to be able to take your family on holidays without the kind of financial stress? Is it because you want to be able to pay your mortgage or you want a bigger house or you want a garden or, you know, the emotional pull on the kind of, let's say, the financial um, goal 
is key in driving you through those challenges because if you when you face a challenge if you're able to you know maybe just seeing a number you start to think look we've all had those times where you're like what's it all for what you know you you're feeling more you know you've achieved something or you're working towards something and you're like oh and you're having a bad day and you ask you're like what's it all for and you really need an emotional reason why something that that's going to make you feel satisfied and fulfilled um, because we also all know that things like financial gain success none of it means that anything if we don't have um you know meaningful yeah. things in our lives to support that so i mean roxy speaks there around that concept that you said about asking the why the emotional just, reason but i'd be interested in you just expanding on that please hector i totally i totally agree but she brings another she she brings the why but also she brings the emotion so and i think that comes i see that you are all experts in self-help that all comes from the master tony robbins in the u.s he's saying that since the 70s everything that you do even if we try to rationalize everything, like Jake was saying before, I make a master plan to make my ikigai and to do all everything and my life is going to be perfect. At the end of the day, it's all about your emotions. If you if your emotions are out of whack, if you are totally stressed, if you're just like going to make money, but you're not going make to make money for anything, you're just going to put it in your bank account, then you have zero emotion attached to that. But if you want to make that money to give the best education to your children because you want them to be very happy and fulfilled in their lives, then maybe that will drive you emotionally to do like much better. I'd like to now uh, share a clip with you from a, a rugby player who joined us on High Performance called uh, Danny Cipriani. It was a really, really fascinating conversation and he talked to us about performance. Have a listen to this clip, see what you think coming from that environment or and having lots of talent and you know the performance never wavered it was always my off-field stuff that happened I understand how you know when I'm training in a in Manchester and there's paparazzi coming because there's a new story coming out and I don't know what it is but it's paparazzi on the side of the field taking shots on a Thursday and I got perform on Saturday I'll get it done that was never the issue it was how I was feeling internally so Danny had a a challenging rugby career where he was one of the most talented young players that the game has ever seen. Um, but he made some poor decisions as a young player. He feels now on reflection, Hector, like he didn't have the guidance he needed to make the right decisions. And as soon as he made the wrong decisions, it was pounced upon. The fact that it was pounced upon by the media and by the game of rugby um, put so much pressure on him. He then made more poor decisions and he feels like it was a, he was um almost like a victim of not having the right guidance. And I suppose the interesting conversation here about Ikigai is you can have all of the ability, um, but if it doesn't, if there's an issue where you're either not fulfilled or some of your decision-making allows things to go awry, then it can, it can derail everything, can't it? Yes, I, I would bring here the importance of two things. Like one would be, the role of uh, having a mentor. The other one is you are the average of the five people that you hang out the most. So be very careful of who you are with. If you are around high performance people, 
you will become like it will be very difficult that you are not high performance person. So be careful who you are with. And I don't know in this case when you become famous very young in your life, I think it's very, very difficult to, to handle it. Probably he's reflecting that he didn't have the right guidance. Like bringing back the mentor. One of the things that has changed my life the most in my life was when I started having like a mentor in my life. That it came, in fact, it came with Ikigai. The the origin story of Ikigai, I used to write books before. Uh, my first book was, uh, it's still, it's still selling very well. It's called A Geek in Japan. It was published when I was 26 years old. It's still one of the top selling books in the Japanese culture section. And I was writing books about Japan, but I didn't make like a, like a best bestseller, you can say it, until I met with this, uh, his name is Frances Miralles. He's, uh, I didn't know at the time, he came to Japan and he contacted me and he said, let's have a dinner and we became friends. And I didn't know that he was uh, he was a very, very famous novelist in Spain. He has published like uh, more than a hundred books. It was like, when I was talking with him, wow, this guy, this is crazy. He's like the Spanish Haruki Murakami. And we started working in a very beautiful Japanese garden. And I was feeling very, we started with this podcast talking about, I, in that time in my life, I was in a very, very rough place. I was, it was probably the worst time in my life. I was dealing with a very, I could, uh, with an illness in my intestine, uh, it, I was in a very rough place. And Francesc, I was talking to him about that in that Japanese garden. I explained to him the word Ikigai. And he said to me, we have to write a book together because writing the book will be a therapy for yourself. And that's how we wrote the Ikigai together. It was... Um, me and Francesc. And after that, we have written many books together. And now we are like a, we have like a partnership. And he has taught me uh, last year, I published my first novel, my fiction. That This is also like my dream. This is my geeky guy that hasn't been realized yet. It's only in, Sp in Spain. It's not selling so-so. But I'm very happy that it's there. Maybe one day I will write a novel that you'll be able to read in English. But Ikigai, the book, would not be in the world without me meeting with uh, Francesc. So this chemistry, like having, for me, is like a mentor. And that happened all in my 30s, and now I'm in my 40s. And in my 20s, maybe I was also more egoistic, like I was like following, okay, I'm, now I'm going to do this. I was also, before podcast, I was, I had a very popular blog in Spain. So I was like all by feelings and maybe making wrong decisions all the time. And I didn't have, a, I was not listening to anyone. Usually people ask like, how do I find a mentor? And 
there is no perfect answer for this, but usually when you start listening more to people around you and you start having an expertise in something, a mentor will show up for you in your life. And if you're in your 40s or 50s, maybe you should think about giving giving back and becoming a mentor of someone else or like mentoring, helping other people to to bloom. That's great. What I'd like to do, Hector, is play you another clip from um, one of our guests, a lady called Professor Lucy Easthope. She's a uh, disaster management expert. She often comes in after uh, particular disasters to help people on the road to recovery. And she spoke to us very powerfully about what people need. And again, I think there's lots of parallels with your own writing and work here if, if you'd like to listen to it. If today there's an issue on the tube in London, it doesn't matter what causes it to me. Um, that will be for other people to worry about. What I'm worried about is what do people need? It could be an accident. It could be a, a, a derailment. It could be a terrorist attack. My plan for the survivors and the bereaved and the deceased won't necessarily change. It might have some specific aspects. Terrorism is policed very differently, for example. But what people need doesn't change. So what Lucy was talking about in more detail in our interview, Hector, was around kindness, people listening to them, people showing that human empathy when you're at a moment of crisis. And I'm interested in, again, how this relates to your own teaching. Also, I totally agree. And I'm all for, I'm all for, like we, like I said before, I'm all for like small, small things can, can change someone's day. Just saying thank you to someone or just saying, okay, today I'm going to purposely spend a little bit of time like with this person, like more than usually. It can be a family member and someone like start with, uh, there is like a small kinds of small acts of kindness. I like the idea of like having these small small things that you're being kind to other people. I like thinking about the but the butterfly effect. Maybe you say something nice to someone like you can say, oh I love you can go to a, you would be surprised if you go to an art exposition and the artist is there. You would be there's not many people who goes to the artist and say I love your this piece of art or like I and say something specific. Maybe you can change that person's like how the he he or she will behave later and like okay I'm going to maybe she or he was in a rough place like deciding maybe I should quit and your kindness maybe shifts a little bit okay I'm going to do this. Or you tell a friend what that uh, is feeling down, like you should continue with this because I think you are becoming better and better. And maybe your friend just needed to hear that. There is nothing complex. Like as uh, the recording was saying, like what people need sometimes is just uh, something very simple. Kind words can help uh, everyone. Hector, we've got one final clip for you and this comes from an entrepreneur who joined us on the podcast called Susie Ma um, and she talks about the concept of 
infinite purpose. Uh, have a listen to this. We have something that I call an infinite purpose. And this is actually inspired by Simon Sinek. I had the pleasure of going on a, a challenge with him about four years back. And he spoke about having a purpose in life. And a purpose is very different to a passion because you can be passionate about so many things, but a purpose is what guides your passions and is what guides all the decisions that you make. And he spoke about an infinite one, which is something that isn't achievable because it carries on. And on the back of that conversation with Simon, I came back and I decided to create an infinite purpose for everything that I do in life. And that is to help create a healthier, greener, and more empowered world. And the healthier, greener, and more empowered means that it's infinite. You know, it, always you can't, there, yeah. there's always a, there's always more greener, more healthier. So there you go, Hector. The power of not just finding your purpose, but finding your infinite purpose. And I think that is a, it's a nice way to end this conversation because I think it leaves the concept ringing in the ears of our listeners that this isn't a short-term thing. If you can find something that grows with you, adapts with you, changes with you throughout life, then I think you found something that can be really special. Yes, you can visualize it also like a thread that is uh, putting together all your life together. That's your kind of like your purpose that is connecting everything. You put the threads together once they have happened. And then you will say, oh, this happened and this and this, and that's why all these things came together and this happened. And for Steve Jobs, it was when he was talking about Apple and how all the elements in his life, if they would have been different, Apple and would have never existed. And for you, probably, if you haven't had your career in TV and you haven't had this thought about interviewing people, maybe those elements were all necessary for us to be together today and talking. You can also think about future threats, like your whole life is going to start from today. Now that you're listening to this conversation, it's going to have threats to the future. What I love about your mindset, Hector, is that like, you have a real trust that things are going to be okay. It's almost like you're giving us a message that if you can think clearly about your guy, if you can work hard on the people who are around you, if you can list the things that drain your energy and move you to a negative place, then that's all you need to do. Because once you've done that, allow your behaviours and allow your mindset to kind of just take you wherever it goes. And that's exactly, as you say, the reason why we're all sitting here today. You didn't plan to be sitting here five, six, seven years ago. <laughs> Yet by making those what seem like small decisions now, they move you into a completely different place in five, 10, 15, 20 years. You next, uh, if you ever come to Tokyo, let me know. Let's have a tea <laughs> together. We can connect the threads. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Finally, Hector, what's your one golden rule to, to, for our listeners to live a high-performance life? Maybe here I have to say create your ikigai or find your ikigai. And if you don't know what your ikigai is, then your ikigai should be to find your ikigai. So, that's, so <laughs> now everyone, everyone who is listening has an ikigai suddenly. No, no one is left alone. <laughs> what a lovely way brilliant. to finish. Um, a really fantastic and brilliantly insightful conversation. Thank you so much for giving up your time to come and speak to us. Um, 
And uh, I hope that, you know, to steal that famous line again, I hope people listening to this do just do it because you are, you know, the living embodiment of someone who can change their life by focusing on their Ricky guy. So thank you so much. Thank you. Damien. Jake. I love his energy. I love his philosophy. I love his mindset. But most of all, I love how he's able to share the thoughts that I know so many people listening to the podcast will benefit from. You know, that felt to me like an episode with bags of takeaways for people to, as long as they like, like as long as they bother to do it, you know what I mean? Like we can have this conversation. He can share all of his thoughts, but if you don't make the real action, and I think he was quite keen to point that out as well. If you don't take the genuine action to, to make something out of it, then it will be worthless. Yeah. I think what, I was really looking forward to is that we've often spoke when it was Dr. Rongan that first introduced us to this idea of Ikigai and we've heard it and we've referenced it ourselves lots of times, but it, that's all it is. It's just an idea, but it, it's like having money in the bank. Unless you invest in it, it doesn't do anything. And I think you're absolutely right that those four questions are worth going back to time and time again, you know, and even like, like you came up with that brilliant distinction that I really love because the one question that sort of jars a bit is how do I make money out of it? Whereas when you say, how do I generate money? It's not a selfish task. And I think just asking those questions starts to elicit your kind of distinction that then allows us to start asking some big questions about what, where we are, what we're doing and how we're heading in the direction that makes us happy. Damien, I think you're totally right. I think you're absolutely right. I also like the fact that, do you remember where he spoke about your old ikigai and like letting it go? I think that's something I hadn't really considered is that at 21, you can go, yep, found my ikigai. Well, it might be different at 41. It might even be different at 22. Like you can't hold on to old ideas because things that thrilled you and fulfilled you 20 years ago just won't cut it anymore. Because if they do, then you haven't grown. And if you haven't grown, then you haven't developed yeah it reminded me of i remember reading an interview years ago with noel gallagher where they were asking him about have you changed and he went well, of course i've changed like i'm i'm not the same guy that grew up in burnage in manchester to the guy that i am now and because that's a sign that i've lived life but i've reflected and sort of tried to adapt along the way and i think sometimes we can see people sort of trying to hold on to their youth or trying to pursue activities that that maybe was grateful in your 20s, but when you hit your 40s, it starts to look a little bit ridiculous. And I'd never considered that either until Hector shared with us that idea of, you know, this is an evolving process. There's only that 1% that know what they're going to do at the age of five and go and pursue it. The rest of us are on a journey of discovery and that I think the four questions are a really powerful way of being able to frame the journey that we're on. You know what? You you are right again as you as you tend to be. I think that we need to reframe that thinking of you know when you go oh they've changed oh she's changed she has or he's he's not like he used to be. Yeah, let's not disparage people and go oh you've changed. Let's be like oh my goodness, amazing you've changed. Please tell me how. Please tell me where you've grown. Like this is a, a positive that we should be embracing. When someone changes, it's a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Especially when they're, when they're doing it by asking the bigger questions of life that, you know, and asking all the time that, you know, what do I love doing? What brings me joy? 
what am I good at? So we're playing to our strengths. And then um, what am I doing that makes a difference to the wider world, whether that's our family or our community or the people around us? Answering those questions can never be a bad thing. I loved it. Thanks so much, mate. Thanks, mate. Like, I really hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Hector. I think there is so much to take away from. So quick, get a piece of paper, r- draw your four circles, do it right now, and just write down, what are you good at? What do you love? What does the world need? And what can you use to generate some income so you can put your time and your energy into those things that you love? I think it's really powerful. And by the way, remember what Hector said, your ikigai changes over time. So it's not just write it down once and leave it. I try once a month just to think like, what what am I? What is my current ikigai? What is the thing I want to do? And it can be big, huge global things, or it can just be small stuff that you want to do that day or that week. But I really hope that you found value in that. And let me just repeat, please, if you can just share these episodes, if you think there's someone in your life that's just missing something and this might help unlock it, Just ping them this episode of High Performance. It helps to grow us and it helps to spread the word. And if we get bigger, then we can invite the most incredible people on the planet to come and be your teachers. So thank you so much for listening. Remember, there is no secret. It is all there for you. Chase those world-class basics. Don't get high on your own supply. Remain humble, curious and empathetic. And we'll see you soon.